teaching and academia has been a part of Pothemara's life for almost 40 years. His career, it seems, could have ended down another pathway. In fact, today he could have been the one holding the microphone. I worked for Radio New Zealand, uh, Te Reo o Aotearoa, and thoroughly enjoyed it. I actually took over uh, Bill Kittiker's job. He retired. I thoroughly enjoyed it. <laughs> Prior to that, I was a teacher in a classroom. But I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I thought, this is what I want to do. This is my career. Having worked at Radio New Zealand, I loved it so much that uh, I, I wasn't at all happy about leaving. Pautemara is an exponent of the Māori language and tikanga Māori, that is, the various practices and protocols within Māori culture. A teacher of kapahaka and whaikōrero, Pautemara was recognised for his contribution to Māori arts in 2012 at Creative New Zealand's Te Wakatoi Awards. A year later, in 2013, he received an honorary doctorate from Te Whare Wānanga o Awanuiarangi in Whakatāne. In 2016, he was made a Companion of the New Zealand Order of Merit for Services to Māori. He was also Director of the now-defunct Māori Language School of Excellence Academy, Te Panikiritanga. During its 15 years of operation, 350 students graduated from the school. Many of its former students are now at the helm of Māori Language Revitalisation programmes. Coming up on Tiahika in the first episode of the series that looks at Tikanga Māori, I'm with Professor Po Temara at the University of Waikato, where we discuss the role of Marai, described by Temara as the last bastion of Māori culture, what it means to be Ahika and how change within Māori culture is inevitable. E aku nui, e aku rahi, te kōrero e nei. That's coming up in this episode of Te Ahika, ko Justine Murray, aho. Nō tū hei au, i whānau mai au irua tāhuna. Kwa neke atu i te whitu te kau tau taku pakeke. Engari, Te kau marima aku tau kawehimeo irua tāhuna, ia awi haere ki te kura tuarua i tāmaki makaurau. Mm. Ka are anu awi hoki ki rua tāhuna noho tuturuai. Engari, um, nō reira, nō kai reira taku manawa, mm. um, ahakoa ka ore au e hoki ana ki te noho tuturu i reira. He wā, ka hoki au, he wā, uh, ka kitea ahau e, uh, e te hunga kāinga. Um, koe ira hoki te wahi e moe au, e moe ai au i te moe ngaroa Pau is 70 years old he left Ruatahuna when he was just 15 to attend college in Auckland since that time he hasn't returned home but he attests that his heart remains there in due course he says that he will return What what to you, how do you define a, a marae? I think you've come to the to the right Place because I've dedicated my life to talking about tikanga, to talking about marae, to talking about the Maori language. Mm-hmm. So the marae was a very essential part of that community. Now we're talking about the 50s here, mm-hmm. we're talking about the early 60s, um, the 70s, where 
where people that we looked up to, where people who, uh, whose word uh, were mana, made it essential for us to maintain and to carry on um, their wishes and their thinking about marae. So marae was very important. It's still, it still is important. So a marae is where it's the last bastion of, uh, of tikanga Māori, where we control uh, much of what we do. So what is tikanga and what is kawa? Here's a general definition which may differ between other iwi tribal groups. In the book Tikanga Māori, Living by Māori Values, author and Māori anthropologist Suhirini Mohamed defines Tikanga Māori as a means of social control. Definitions include practices, procedure or customs. In the book, Hirini states that the ceremonies relating to life itself, birth, marriage, sickness and death are firmly embedded in tikanga Māori. In thinking about kawa and tikanga, kawa is what processes are carried out, while tikanga determines the how. If we were to have a look at the kawa Timurai, yes, as late as... Uh, the 1960s, as late as 1963, for Tuhoe with its one, two, three, four districts, the kawa was different. The kawa was so different in Waimana as it is um, to Waikare Moana. Uh, the kawa was different uh, to Ruatahuna. Ruatoki and Ruatahuna tended to be the same because there were interaction mm. between those two districts. But it was different. So what did um, the man of the moment do? Um, John Ronihau got all of Tuhoe together in 1963, locked them away in Maungapohatu and said, you are not coming out until uh, you establish one kawa for Tuhoe. And, and so the kawa of the marae uh, became, uh, for Tuhoe became established as a Tuhoe uh, kawa um, in those formative years run um, by John Ho. So it's very important. It is a place uh, where we celebrate. Celebrate our, our tikanga, our traditions, where we celebrate being Māori, mm. uh, where we celebrate those things that are part of being Māori, like our birthdays, like yeah, the our weddings. And... Our weddings. Māori tikanga, that is totally Māori, almost. Mm. Um, can be enacted and of course we are talking about tangihanga and all those things that are connected to to tangihanga to the last 15 years and I note a change you note a change I note a big change Um, in my interaction uh, and in my research um, that my students are a part of uh, in the things that I teach as a result of that research, the students of today are not surprised uh, by my view that uh, in a hundred years, uh, in fifty years' time, even that the marae may not have the same significance for my generation and the generations before me as it will have for um, the people of the future. Marae are not 
that important to the bulk of the students that I teach. Here, Professor Temara talks about Te Panikiretanga o Te Reo Māori, the Academy of Māori Language Excellence. The school closed this year with its final graduation in August. 350 students graduated over its 15-year operation. The overall aim of Te Panikiretanga was that students would go back to their respective iwi and marae, where their skills as proficient speakers of te reo Māori and knowledge in tikanga would prevail. But at times, as Professor Temara explains, this wasn't the case. The first uh, intakes, the first few intakes were good. They were marae people. And then we noticed a trend. Cut to uh, four years ago, people uh, that we had selected beautiful language um, and the whole idea of the... Uh, was to make your good language far better, to, to take it um, to um, the lofty heights. The height. yeah, <laughs> yes. to the lofty heights. We noticed that the language was still uh, there, their, their language that they came uh, to the Panikiretanga with. We noticed um, something uh, pretty hard to explain. So I started to ask the Christians. How many of you live on your Malaya? All right. So if we take a figure, 40 students, how many of you live on your Malaya? Five students put their hands up. So how many of you go back to your Malaya? Oh, they all put their hands up. 40 people put their hands up. All right. The next question is, how often do you go back to your Malaya? How many times in the last week? Have you been to your marae? No hands, except the five. How many times in the last month have you been back to your marae? A few hands, plus the five uh, who live on their marae. How many times have you been back in the last year? And a few more hands were raised. So the next question I would ask, all right, for those of you who went back uh, to your marae, um, in the last month and the last year, what were the occasions that you go back that that took you back to your marae? Mm. Did you go back to Tangihua? <laughs> oh no. So what did you go back to? Oh, we went back to a family re- reunion. Well, have you been to a Tangihua <laughs> to marae? No. Have you been to a Tangihua? I've been to many Tangihua. Where? Oh, on the marae's in Auckland. Are they your marae's? No. But what about your family? Where do you have Tangihua's? Oh, in our houses, Matua. Tangihanga, or funerals, usually takes place on a marae, but this has changed over time. Tangihanga are being held in, in family homes. homes. Is that because you think we've created a, a culture of that they're intimidated by the marae? That, or well, they've raised they're, away from them? There middle? are several reasons. Several reasons, yeah. There are several reasons. That's only one of them. Mm-hmm. But that's an important part of that. One of the reasons, one of the, one of the things that um, the late Bill Parker from Ngāti Pro, mm. he said to us, show me a Māori and I'll show you a marae. But that's around the premise that the Māori would know his or her whakapapa. You have a whakapapa, you have a marae. Well, cut to the situation now. Uh, for many iwi, the iwi that um, 
around Waikato here mm. um, that I've studied. Ngāti Maniapoto. Over 90% of Ngāti Maniapoto do not live in Ngāti Maniapoto. They live outside of Ngāti Maniapoto. I think a great bulk of that 90% live in Hamilton. Right. Or live in Auckland. They're pretty close. Um, but, but that tells you um, that they have over 60 marae, but they live outside of um, their marae areas. So you begin, a pattern begins to emerge here. For Tuhoe, 86% of Tuhoe live outside of Tuhoe. 86? 86% of Tuhoe live outside of Tuhoe. There are more Tuhoe living in Auckland, Auckland. Uh, than there are living in, um, uh, in Tuhoe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There are more Tuhoe living in Wellington than there are living in Tuhoe. We've done the research. <laughs> The bulk of two who live around Te Araba, around Rotorua, mm, mm. Uh, around Whakatane, but they don't live in their rohe. All right. Ngāpuhi is the same. Auckland Much of Auckland um, um, is filled uh, with Ngāpuhi. What has happened? What is tending to happen? What we are uh, noting, Noticing is that Whakapapa now, that thing that Bill Parker and his ilk talked about um, is your link to your marae. Your Whakapapa is your link to your marae. Yes, it is still the link. But is Whakapapa enough uh, to reacquaint you with your marae? If you live away from your marae and you don't, you, you, you are like the students that we have um, attending my classes here at uh, the University of Waikato uh, and these students are from all around uh, the country uh, mainly from here and from Auckland then uh, if you haven't been back to your marae and you have a, a right a whakapapa right yes. to your marae it only gives you the right to go back to your marae and rekindle the fire that has been extinguished yes because if you leave your marae and you live in Auckland and you don't go back to your marae, the fire that you had in your marae that may have been burning um, with a generation before you is now extinguished. And there's the whole notion about ahika, the people who are living at the marae. These are the people making your marae work. But for our uh, tikanga, for our tangihanga, these people who are ahika take time off work Man the marae, man the pai pai, man yes. the karanga pai pai, cook the kai. For you who have come back from Auckland or from Wellington to bring your two papaku back, and that's the only contact that you've had yeah. with your marae. Challenges to the way tikanga is carried out remain ever present. The impact of colonisation that includes religion and, to a large degree, convenience has seen a shift. So if we were talking about marae, there was a time some 25 years ago, 30 years ago, uh, that my colleagues and I, Timothy Karetu, Tawarehuya Milroy, the late Tawarehuya Milroy, and others uh, of 25 years ago, were saying there will come a time when karanga will be done um, over a loudspeaker will be recorded and broadcast. When Whai Kōrero, um 
will be done from a recording. Uh, and of course, we may have said those things as a challenge, um, that we had to be careful about being blasé uh, about the retention and the perpetuation of the Maori language. And the speaking of the Maori language uh, was so vital. The Maori language itself is vital um, to the life of the Marae. Little uh, did we realise that that was going to be true. Um, and on the occasion that we found out what was happening, um, it's uh, a marae of a well-established iwi and a beautiful karanga coming over from the mahau. And as we got closer, the karanga was still happening, uh, but the uh, the woman um, uh, at the marae, their mouths were closed. So it was a recording. Someone just pushed play, literally. Someone pushed play, and it happened. So... Was this in the 90s, or was this... This was in the mid-90s. So that is one of the reasons why we decided that uh, in order for... Um, <coughs> for we three, me and my relations... Yes. Um, for the three of us to make our contribution. At the end of 2018, Professor Themara's sister passed away. She had left Ruatahuna when she was just 15 years old and lived in Christchurch for most of her life. Here, he recalls that time and how her death influenced his thinking around Tikanga. I brought her back, landed in Wellington. Um, by car to Ruatahuna, back to the marae, got onto the marae, and I said to my uh, relations there, uh, my view is that she lies here for a few hours, and then we bury her today. Because people were coming and, uh, and saying, Chipo, that's your sister. Yeah, how old is she? She was 63. No one knew her. The ones who manned them, who, 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 are, who are hardy of, of, of body and limb uh, to run the marae, to cook the kai, were much younger. They were in their 20s. Mm. They weren't born when she left. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And they didn't know who she was. They knew the whakapapa length, yep, but yep. they didn't know who. Isn't it unfair for me, for anyone, to demand that my sister has a three-day tangi? when no one knew her, one, point one, point two, who would come to her tangi? Who would come to the tangi of a person that no one knew? Those are the decisions that I had to make. Had the to person make. who was given the task of maintaining tikanga by my tohungas, by my kuyas, by my crowers. And yet you had, you had to make those decisions. So when you made that decision to lay your sister, you know, in the yep. marae for a few hours and then bury her, um, bury her were you breaking? A, 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 were you creating your own view of tikanga? I was, I was. It made it. It seemed to me that it was tika for me to do that, mm. and that's what tikanga is. Tikanga is about making a decision. What is tika? And sometimes what you think is tika will contradict established tikanga. 
Do you, did you think it was in a way disrespectful to the to Christchurch Kaitahu who had looked after her for those years, who wanted to see her? Yeah, uh, my compromise there was uh, to allow them to have her for. for uh, oh right, so yeah, she yeah, lay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we had her uh, lying at the Fariroi Mata. Right. And her and community was, came. Yes, yes, yes. Her but community came. It's amazing who her, who her community was, um, from the people on the streets to. Uh, uh, park has from the council. But getting back, um, the home people are also um, had to think about Tikanga and my relations. My uncle said to mm. me, Ah, Taihua boy, Taihua, we know where you're coming from and we agree. Okay. But one night. So I agreed to that. Mm-hmm. That came from them. I felt it was a duty for me uh, to, to broach the topic. Ahika, or home fires, relates to the strong connection that a person has to their marae, in that it is so strong that it burns like a flame. However, as that connection weakens by either that person moving away or by their absence, that flame weakens or extinguished, as Professor Temera explains. Um, a kaumatua um, said some 2004, 10, 14, 15 years ago, one of the last Kaumatsu said, when your fire burns out, you just can't come back to the marae and throw your weight around. You can't do that. And unfortunately for people um, who come out of the marae, know the world, suddenly discover education, suddenly discover that they are part of the wider world, and they will go back and teach the natives how to be Maori. The ahika have a right to go, hey, you've only just come back. Yeah. Go back to your university or go back to your uh, to Auckland, go back to Wellington. Uh, this Komatu said, when you come back, don't think that you come back and that you have a right. That you have, you have rights, but those rights are diminished. And he had this to say, for you, you can't just come back and light your fire. You go and park yourself, ask, um, a person or a family whose fire has already been burning, ask them if they can, if you can sit by their fire, mm, mm. sit by their fire, and they will allow you to do that. And after a while, they will take a fire brand from their fire, give it to you, and say to you, "Take this, start your fire over there." So what is the future of marae? The University of Waikato is undergoing rebuilding plans, moving towards becoming a hub. As Professor Poetemara explains, he's excited at the prospect of the future design and tikanga around marae within the University of Waikato. We're upgrading, we're modernising here at the University. And I'm deliberately using this as, a, as an example of how things might be turning out for for Maoridom too, before uh, the university thought about doing what it's doing now. Under this umbrella is going to be, the central part is going to be a paraya, it's going to be a huge farekai, it's, it's going to be learning rooms around around um, the marae, 
isn't it true? Isn't it Chicago that um, once there's a Tangihanga, everything closes down, we concentrate on Tangihanga? Yes. But that's not going to happen here. The new thing now is um, how, can, how can the Tangihanga continue? Think about it, you must. Think about it, we must. Because, you know, the reality is there might come a time when uh, our, our, the coming generations, even now, they don't have the same view of marae. So I'm thinking about these things in the heart of Maoridom, in yes. Waikato. Yes. The heart of Maoridom. Uh, but these are things that um, we, um, as leaders, need to be thinking about. Because if we don't think about those things, if we don't um, think seriously about how we are going to operate our marae, then our marae are destined to be things of the past. If, if, if the chikanga is not already there, then we create. We have to. We've, we've created new chikanga to to allow for the things that we do now. Tēnā koe e te rangatira, Professor Pau Temera, ka tahi te hōhonutanga o Aua Kōrero. Our interview there recorded at the University of Waikato. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, please do so. You can email tiahika at rnz.co.nz. We're on Facebook and Twitter as well, RNZ Te Ao Māori. Next week... The morning I left home, my grandmother, Waidemana, got up really early. We had a kauta. We lived in a raupo house, thatched, dug into the clay. I join Hare Williams, who talks about his new book, Words of a Kaumatua, set to launch on the 17th of November. Nā reira, he mihi tēnei kia koutou katoa, kua whakarongo pīkari mai ana ki te hōtaka nei. Hoki mai a te wiki e tū mai nei, mauri tū... Maudiora. Ki konei tia no ai, te taukai a Maori e. Ui a te ruranga, te manuhiri me kowai. Makura e pare mata, te panekire tanga e. Ko te tira haere, e mihinei ki ngā iwi ki ngā mata mata huanga. O te moana akiwa Mō te mana ki tanga Ko koutou kei ta whiti Hoi anō rā ko tāku He whakamanawa He ngongoro He pura pura i ruia mai I rangi a te ai Anu mai ta whiti nui Hawaiki pa mama, tenei te auraki mai nei, ki aku take take ngā, ki konei tuia no ai, te taukai a Māori e. Mō te mana ki tanga, ko koutou kei ta whiti, hoi anō.